I can. That's better. Yeah. Perfect. How are you, Daniel? <laughs> I'm well, thanks. Nice, nice to meet you. Where, where are you based? I'm actually based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Ah, awesome. Ah, very yes. cool. Yeah, yes. I thought you might have been in the states because um, yeah, often I get invitations from America, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm originally from Australia, so that part of the world. Yeah, closer. That's why. <laughs> you're yes, that's the thing. You're you're from Victoria. Is it Victoria? Yeah, now? from Melbourne originally, Melbourne. but I'm I'm, li I'm living in Germany now. Um, so I've right. been here ten years. Yeah. Ten years. That's a long time. You love it. It is. Uh, I do. I do. Uh, Hamburg's an amazing city. Um, yeah, but it's very different to to uh, what I'm used to at home. Um, so yeah, I could really, I could really go on one when it comes to <laughs> living in Germany. You know, right? I mean, that's going to be one of your questions. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So okay, you're you're good to start. We can start. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Hi, Daniel. Um, nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi there. Nice to meet you. It's a real pleasure to be on the on the show. Yes, real pleasure to have you on board as well. My name is Nicolette. I am the creator for that podcast titled "You're Worthless." Read that again. Juxtaposition of your very soul. So I'd like to say thank you very much for actually saying yes to be interviewed today and for sharing your story to my listeners and as well as your fans because <laughs> you're an artist yourself. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just going to read a bit of introduction about yourself to our listeners today, yeah? So, guys, we have Daniel Thomas here, who is an Australian writer, actor, and filmmaker based in Hamburg, Germany. So he completed his Bachelor of Arts degree in the Victorian Circos, where he worked in the architecture and also played drums in original rock bands. However, in 2008, he left the design industry and moved to London to perform shows around the UK for two years, right? Then in Europe, he was drawn to Germany's appreciation for the arts. And then 2012, he relocated to Hamburg and then has been featured in commercials, TV and film, including a lead role in the indie feature film, Edda Tudor. Welcome, Daniel. That's, that's a lot so of accolades. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of history, kind of in in a short in a short statement there. Yeah, let's 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 uncover that one by one. <laughs> so, so how what was it like growing up for you as a Dan as as Daniel Thomas? <laughs> uh, I had quite a um, I had an interesting childhood. Um, I, I was born in in the UK and went to Australia. My family migrated there in 1981, which is obviously uh, a very different world to the UK. So I have early memories of, um, living in the outer suburbs of, of Melbourne with gum trees and lots of sunshine and things, things like that. But at, um, at five years old, I was very much affected by parental divorce and mm. then proceeding that, um, my, my mother had a lot of battles with her health and this, I had a very, a very loving childhood, but these, these events very much shaped my own um, experience and had a, had a big impact on me into my into my teenage years. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the overall view, view of the of the very early stuff. Right. So yeah, I, I guess that will um, 
tie up nicely to the next question. Like, so what made you decide to leave your homeland? Yeah, that's a big, <laughs> it's a big question. <laughs> um, I think I needed to make a very drastic change. Um, and, and I kind of subconsciously knew that by taking a very dramatic left turn, it was also going to help me start to question things about myself and just, and really discover, uh, what I wanted to do with my time on the planet. So the first, before I, before I, I moved to, um, the UK in, uh, in sort of my mid twenties, uh, mid to late twenties. But prior to that, um, I was kind of throwing myself into everything. I was very, keeping myself very busy, um, I was very, I'm, I'm a very determined person, but, um, mm -hmm. I, I was doing a lot of things. I was doing architecture degree, architecture studies. I was playing in my first rock bands. I was working full time. I had already, um, got work in the architecture industry. I was living a very excessive lifestyle in terms of partying on weekends and alcohol and, and kind of drinking <laughs> like the world was ending, which we do in Australia <laughs> when we're young. So eventually I just got to a point where my physical and well mental well-being started to suffer and unless mm. unless I made a drastic change within myself I was headed down a pretty shaky path um and I started to suffer anxiety and things like that for the for the first time which I hadn't really experienced in such a uh, a heavy way um so I've always been very committed when I decide on something, I, I go all in, I can be a little bit extreme in that way. Mm. So my band at the time in, uh, when I was around 27, um, we had been playing in, in Melbourne for six months and we kind of knew the Melbourne scene from previous bands. So we just made this decision to, to move to, to take the band to London and be full-time musicians so leave everything behind uh families wow. girlfriends jobs i i had a very i had really? a very yeah. <laughs> you, you uprooted everything and went to london okay basically okay. exactly so um i had a very my, my path in terms of my career and so on was was looking good in australia i had a, i had kind of a a set course there but the struggles i was having with myself and my desire to express myself as an artist, um, was not being fulfilled. And this was ha also having an impact on my well-being. So when we decided to move to, to London, uh, you know, I had very ego driven ideas of becoming a rock star. Um, and it was, it was an amazing experience. Uh, it really was, but like life often does, it didn't it didn't uh, present what I thought it was going to, and I learnt a whole other a whole lot of other more important things along the way, um, particularly starting to address the things that I needed to within myself. Something like your past trauma or your yeah, I mean, I mean, my behaviour, my my behaviours were kind of misaligned with who I was. Things weren't matching up. Like mm. I mentioned earlier, some of the excessive behavior, um, I was very much trying to escape and I had been not in, in, 
in my life in Melbourne, I had been keeping myself very busy so that I didn't really have to sit with myself and deal with a lot of the stuff from my childhood. Um, So part of this dramatic left turn was a way of me um, confronting that and, and like having the space, which is kind of crazy because I was going sort of on tour or, you know, but by taking this dramatic turn, I think, which is common with people who, who travel internationally or, or, or leave home in that way. Um, it was such a, such a kind of intense experience in this new world in, in London that, um, I, I finally had the time and space to really start looking at myself. So, okay. Maybe we're, we're going to go a little bit back to the formation of your band. So how did you form your band? Like you're the I've first, been... yeah, your first guest has actually said that, oh, he's, he's in a band. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, awesome. Uh, question. Just, um, I was in a few bands in, in Melbourne. I was in one when I was 18 for, for about five years and, and we did really well in Melbourne. Um, unfortunately when that finished up, I, I stepped away from, from drumming. I was a drummer and I kind of put it aside to focus on my career. Mm. And, and then I realized after a couple of years of not doing it, I realized how, uh, important it was to me in terms of expression and how, mm. and how that self-expression even though it was very physical on the drums and the pressure of like performing and so on, it was actually really good, good for me. And I had kind of turned, turned my back on it in a way. So I decided to try and reconnect with, with drumming and uh, a friend in answer to your question, a friend um, who I'd known a singer who I'd known contacted me and was trying to put something together. And then pretty quickly we found a guitarist and had formed a new a new three piece. And like I say, we had, we were very familiar with the scene in Melbourne. So within this short frame of time, we were able to get some good shows and build like a little you bit of a following. <laughs> <laughs> we, we knew how to kind of, but we also saw that in Melbourne, we were maybe going to hit like a glass ceiling mm. in terms of how far we could take it. So that's when we were like, Hey, why don't we try and take this, um, try and take this bigger. So it's like an outlet for you then. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, I was a very shy, a very shy kid and, um, kind of kept to myself and it took me a long time to come into my confidence. But Mm. when I first did my first gigs, when I was like 18, 19, being behind the drums gave me this, um, it empowered me Mm. and, uh, it gave me this 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 strength that i that i was really a big fan of but like i say when things the more i made myself busy i turned my back on it and tried to you know get really career driven and and um uh which was you know good too i mean i had a had an amazing experience in architecture but it wasn't the the nature of the corporate world wasn't fulfilling me and art was whether it be music or or filmmaking and um that's why going to london i was like you really have to step into your own as 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 an artist wow so okay (laughs) um still 
one more question on band relationships. So why do you think being in a band can be challenging at times? A band is like a marriage. It's okay. a, it's a, it's a relationship. I, do you play an instrument yourself or? Uh, I sing occasionally. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> in the shower or, or pro- karaoke <laughs> room. And I did perform this year at uh, my uh, company's annual dinner. So yeah, that was oh, the first awesome. time. <laughs> Amazing. Were, were you nervous for that? Or? Of course. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. But, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take it one for the team because nobody was going to perform. So, okay, let me volunteer. But I had, I had another, another friend. So it was two of us. It was a duet. <laughs> so. Ah, cool. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you, so you, you've had a taste of performance, but uh, band relationships, they're consistently very, very difficult because there's often not just two people, there's three or four and creatives, you know, a bunch of creatives and there's egos and there's all sorts of things involved and, um, balancing that dynamic between whether it be three or four or even five or more people is really, really, really tricky. And, um, the bands that survive the longest and some of the big bands like Coldplay and U2 and these guys, I always notice that they have worked really hard at their relationship because Mm. if they don't have the foundation of their relationship, like any relationship, if they don't have that, um, kind of sorted out, the band can just collapse overnight. Um, so because I've been in a few bands, I've found that over and over and over that you, that it's so important to work at the relationship aside from like trying to make the best music you can and, and get better as musicians, all the kind of practical stuff to me, it's like really about the relationship and keeping that like thriving. It's about because like, I mean, even in the corporate world, whatever they say, as you rise up, it's not about the work, it's about the people. It's always about the people. The work, you can do it. It's Very much yeah. so. And <laughs> yeah. I've, I've said that, I said that every time I've retired from the architecture industry, which is about 47 times. Uh... <laughs> Why 47 though? <laughs> oh, just, just uh, the nature of architecture and oh. me kind of stepping away and, you know, it's right. sort of, I've had to go back like, it, you know, when you have, uh, you have a qualification, but you're trying to do something else. It's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's, oh, it's yes. you have this, you know, people say you're crazy. You have this degree, you have this career. Why would you go and be a broke, a, a broke musician or, or, you know, so true. Um, but every time facing right now as well. Yeah. I'm going to count in my qualification, but I'm starting podcasting just because I want to hear, I want to talk to people. So, but then, um, yeah, I, I have family members probably saying, what is she doing? <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> I, I can relate to that because I, you know, I was sitting in a meeting some time ago for mm. hours and this meeting was just, it wasn't achieving anything. It was a business meeting and it just wasn't achieving anything. And I just had a moment, which I imagine might be similar with you, which was, I was like, I can sit in meetings like that, or I can sit in conversations like this. Mm. And for me, it was like, it was kind of a no brainer. It was sort of like, well, a conversation like this is to, to me and hopefully to the audience has so much more value than some meetings I've sat in for hours and hours and hours. Um, 
I veered off a little bit, but I, I just um, every time I left the left an architecture job and had to make a speech, I always said what you said earlier, which is it's about the people, and I <laughs> and I really I really believe that a, that a company's value is its people, and I think sometimes sometimes companies don't see this; they're obviously focused on profits or whatever it may be but to me it always comes down to 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 the people and uh, often when people aren't heard you know you see this toxic culture start to happen and people just leave and then who do you have to run the show you know yeah that's true so what is it like being an Australian actor in Germany <laughs> Well, that's... You jump from Ben and then, and then <laughs> to to being an actor in Germany, yeah. Yeah, so the German experience is kind of part two of the journey. So when, okay. I oh. mean, so it, well, no, 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 yeah. I mean, no. Do you, wanna, all, do you want to talk more about part one? It all ties, to, <laughs> it all ties together. Um, okay. As a result of being in London and when the band finished, um, I was introduced to Germany. I was fascinated with Germany, but, um, my ex who is, uh, uh, she introduced me to Hamburg and I loved, I just loved Hamburg. And when the band experience finished and I sort of also had to go back to Australia for a little while before I came to Germany, um, again, it was one of these resets similar to when I left architecture and did the musician thing. I found myself in the same position again. What do you want to do? How, you know, how do you want to make an impact as an artist? What, what, what do you want to do? And I grew up with film. My father's a filmmaker. Um, he makes documentaries. I grew up on sets. I grew up around film and it's a very comfortable place for me. And I had always had an interest as a kid in performing. Um, and I had done a, a workshop acting as a child and, and I, I was in a documentary when I was 16. So there was part of my childhood dream essentially was, was to be an actor. And, um, I, I loved playing in bands because of this performance element. So anyway, with this second kind of reset, I was like, well, now I'm really going to take it back to, to my childhood dream and start pursuing acting and filmmaking. But I had moved, I, I moved to Germany primarily for, for my son. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and so again, I was just told that I was crazy and was it, realistic. Was it, was it a scary experience for you? Like when the Com world is saying, why are you doing actually, this again? <laughs> yeah, actually, no, it made me more determined. Um, you wrong. Yes, say no, I think I'll do it twice and better. <laughs> and, but realistically and practically what I was attempting to venture into was really crazy because the, the English is not the native language here. There's simply mm -hmm. no need for an Australian actor in the work that's going on here. Um, and so I just, and also I was coming to Germany to be a father, so I couldn't really mess about um i had to find a find a way very quickly but at the same time i was determined um because for me to be the best father i can be i i need to be following 
I need to be creatively fulfilled. Otherwise, I'm not the best version of my myself for my son. If he sees me stuck in an office job that I don't, that I don't like, it, it's not necessarily conducive to, to me being the best father. So I was very determined to not only be the best father I could be, but to pursue my, um, my artistic life th- through acting and film. And when people told me to my face that it was ridiculous, it just made me more determined. I was, and, um, I was like, if I can just embrace the unique thing I have, which is the fact that I'm an Australian actor in Germany, just embrace yeah. it. Um, it's, it's the value. It's the identity. Yeah. And it took me a lot of, a lot of trial and error and a lot of throwing myself, myself into things here uh, that were a little bit crazy to, to find my way and ultimately I started to push towards taking it into my own hands by making my own stuff. Right. So <laughs> what, 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 what is this own stuff that you're doing actually? <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I, with the acting work, I, w- I, I managed to get, um, I managed to do work in commercials, get some big parts on TV. And then I had, uh, um, a lead role in an indie feature film. It all taught me, it all taught me so much. And then after that, I was like, well, I really want to focus on the stories that I want to tell in whichever mm-hmm. medium is best, whether that's writing, filmmaking, acting, it's all storytelling. So it's about what's best for the, for the story. Um, so the first thing I did was made a, a like a series pilot, a, a TV pilot. Um, which I wrote and directed and was in. And I just used all the resources I had around me um, and made this pretty cool little pilot, I think. And uh, it got, it picked up a couple of small film festival awards and things like that. So that was my first, my first venture into really making something myself. Um, and I've, I've also, I also made a short doco about my drum teacher. Um, and I've recently just shot another, another short film. So I'm always writing and developing stories that are trying to say something, you know, that are trying to, what are they trying to say? And what's the best thing that I can offer to this, to this story. So that's very much what I'm, what I'm focused on now. And podcasting is storytelling too. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, I need <laughs> that encouragement. Yeah, and that's actually very true. Yeah, podcasting. It's it's yeah because of technology and and you know I only I don't need to have like I told myself I've been wanting to do this for a while, but didn't feel like I had the right time. But I said you know I'm just gonna hook up my to be honest right now you're on an iPad. It's not even a proper camera. <laughs> I love I have it. My, yeah, it's a proper camera and, and Riverside. Thank you, Riverside, for making it affordable for me to actually interview people. And it's it's good, you know, I it's just small, but I get to, I'm, at this point, I think I've spoken to at least, uh, I started this just three months ago, maybe 20 people, and mm. I release per episode. So, and I have a few more coming up, like 
it's really amazing. I, I love it. I, I, I'm a firm believer the only way is by doing and um, there's no, there's just no way to get it right the first time. So it's like a lot of people naturally, and I've experienced myself are quite crippled by fear and, and yeah. I, I, and I have been too. And it's, um, it's, it's just about braving the risk of failure and then just learning, learning, learning by, by the doing. And like my, my podcast, when I started, I had no idea what it was. I was very inconsistent with it. Um, because this was a few years ago when there was, uh, there wasn't the resources now in terms of scheduling and getting guests and stuff. So it was, yeah, it was very inconsistent. I didn't really know what it was. And then over, over the three, the time I've just continued to learn and try and make it better and actually really found what it's about and become more consistent. And, um, it's all, there's nothing magic about it. It's just been by, by doing and putting in, putting in the work. Um, so it's awesome that you've taken the leap because often it's hard to just even take that first messy, messy leap, but, but that's, and, and I've learned this in the acting world, just falling flat on the face, you know, yeah. I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of fear of falling flat on my face. Yeah. And, and then like I did ridiculed embarrassment yeah, yeah. Yeah. i had huge i had huge fear about falling flat on myself face publicly and i did over and over and over and over again and it was it was fine i didn't i didn't die yeah that's true <laughs> i um i mean it's particularly on stage in london and shows and things that went wrong in shows you know like uh electrical things blowing up or or drums you know um this was sort of like public bombing Mm. And uh, it really strengthened my character. Like it can, it can pull you down. It can pull you down, or you can, you can see the the growth that it offers. Yeah. And now I see it every day here in Germany when I'm trying to speak German. Um, it's particularly difficult language, and I I basically fail every day with it. And uh, if I allowed that to get me down. I wouldn't have been able to like build a, build the life here, but I actually, now I just embrace it. Um, so <laughs> I just, it's awesome that you're doing it. And, uh, it's classic that you're on the iPad and, and in time things will get you. It's, it's the only way to do it. It really is. Yeah. I mean, funny, you said you're learning. Well, of course it's, 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 it makes sense that you, you uh, since you're in Germany, you, you have to at least learn German. But right now I am I am dipping my toes into learning Spanish and ah, I, cool. I did, yeah and I I did um Korean uh, simply because I like the K-pop culture okay so <laughs> Asian still <laughs> ah, um, K-pop yeah yeah K-pop yeah K-pop yeah, okay. and then that was I took two level uh level 1 level 2 and then I'm like okay this is this is good now I can read the um the what do you call that it's called Hangul the mm. the yeah, the characters. And the the characters. Really. That's right. The characters. And then now I'm like, oh, okay. Let's see what what Spanish is all about because um, I'm originally um, Malaysian, but by blood I am Filipino. So ah. you know, Filipino, uh, Philippines, the Spaniards were there for, for for hundreds of years, and then I do have that ancestry. So so growing up, my parents they used to throw little Spanish words here and there. And then um, I sort of picked it up, but then now it's like, okay, you know what? Why don't we try 
to see how far we can, how far I can go with this, 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 very, this language. Very, very cool. Yeah, Spanish, <laughs> I think Spanish is a little bit more um, intuitive in a way to pick up uh, yeah. from, from my experience dabbling in it. But, and, but German to me, I just, it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I think German is another <sighs> creature. <laughs> the grammar, the grammar is like rocket science. Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> I found when I did some Spanish course, I started to actually have very basic conversations quite quickly. Okay. Um, but German, not the case. <laughs> Good in talk, and then, and, oh, that, that, that's only that's the only thing I know. <laughs> okay. So, um, how would you relate liberation and artists? The word liberation and artists. Um. Yeah, I think I think healthy a healthy form of self-expression can be very can just be very freeing. Mm. Um that's what I that's what I seek is this just this health to be able to continually do this in a, in a sustainable and healthy way um is 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 very freeing for me. And like I said earlier, I, I kind of, I need that. It's just the way I'm built. Um, and so it's a very high, it's of a very high importance to me. And part of coming to Europe, uh, I did see more of an appreciation for the arts than I had experienced. Um, you know, there's a long, long history of, of art here, here in Europe. And, um, that was one of the things that that drew drew it to me. So it's very high on my um, my my list of pri priorities. Um, so it's like I guess the right word to say is like being an artist, which is being because we're all creators, right? So mm. so creators mean what you're when you create something, you're an artist. So. And when you're able to create something maybe out of some out of nothing or even you make something that's already there but something new it's still a creative pursuit therefore it's very freeing i guess in a sense it's free and it's interesting for me is i consider myself creative but i never i went particularly in architecture i never did crazy stuff my stuff was always very like um clean and like simple solid and, um, and like solid and you know it wasn't like sometimes i think people think creativity is like this wild crazy stuff yeah but actually actually i go back to sort of quite structured structured um things but have you ever like um maybe tried to do, I don't know, in your architecture days, um, were, you, were you ever been tasked like, okay, to design something that is wow, like not, not like you know, you know, it was hilarious. The first, the first architecture studio I ever did, they said, go around the streets mm -hmm. and find like rubbish and rubbish. make like a sculpture out of it, like garbage. Find garbage, really? and so. <laughs> this course was going to cost thousands of dollars, you know, as, as a degree does. And the first day I'm walking around the street, putting my Finding. hand in like rubbish bins. And so I'm like holding up a banana peel and I'm like, is this really what I'm going to spend thousands then, yeah. of dollars? Ugly. <laughs> so, so what did you do out of it? 
I mean, you seriously questioning your life choices, or if if if, if, if it was me, my parents, well, if if only they knew. <laughs> not only not only that, but I had to like present it. I think oh. we, I think we put the banana peel on like a like a stick and it like balanced or something, and right. then and then I had to then I had to like a, like the public bombing again. I had to stand up and say why it was so wonderful, and I, I was just like, I was just I exactly what you say. I was like. Am, what am I doing? Like, is this really what I signed up for? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, but then you just, you, I mean, you you graduated, right? And then, but I think it's all recognizing from this, from 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 a kid that you've always had that flair, right? And then mm. sometimes, like I also, I think I um, before when I was a kid my dad has always placed very high emphasis on studying and mm. i wanted to become a no see see the word wanted it's not at the time we i didn't know better like it wasn't even aligned to what i was so it's about getting which which course or which job is going to get the money and yeah so so it's always been like that for me as well and <clears throat> Funny enough, for people, every time they hit something terrible in their life, some some event, and then they'll they're forced to wake up. Okay, is this your true? Is this what you're mm. supposed to be doing? And it can take it can it can take something like that to really um, shake people's world up. And mm. uh, to me, often things come back to this awareness and. Yeah just getting as attuned as possible in an aware sense. But often it's like by doing a whole heap of the wrong stuff because it's easy It's easy to know what you don't like, right? If you don't like yeah. it, you don't like it. And if you're yeah. sitting somewhere or you're in something, you just know if, you, if it's not like, you're like, I, I really don't like that. So it's easy to like cross that off. Mm-hmm. It's easier said than done when you're trying to pay the bills and, and you know, obviously everybody wants to to um to to build their their financial future and security and everything but to me i'm because i've taken a lot of left and rights and a lot of risks um and i've had very unstable times um i've really learnt the, the the true value i just very much have a faith that like if that. you do, I like that. Yeah, I have that a faith. Fa- yeah. I have a faith. The more you get aligned with with yourself, and the more you step into that that stuff, like you're doing with this show, the the more you do that. I just have a faith that that the rewards will come. Um, I really believe that. And uh, sometimes, I many times, I have to grit my teeth mm. and just hold on to that faith and not step fall back into the fear of um you know it's a very tricky tricky balance but um i do have that faith thank you (laughs) (laughs) i is every time i speak to a guest it's like it's um you you i get reminded that okay what you're doing is you know, you don't see the you don't see the rewards like 
be honest, I don't even, I just like to talk. But then it's very reassuring and very, very um, encouraging to hear it from a guest and stuff. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. And because, because I know it, you know, and uh, I, I have the same, like whenever I speak to, speak to someone, um, there's just such value in this type of connection, even though it's through a, through a screen. Um, and I, and I have the same thing. I'm re as you say, I'm, re I'm just reminded and, uh, it's, it's brave and it takes courage to step into these. And, and it's in this world of like oversaturation and noise, yeah. this voice yeah. of there's 4 million podcasts. How are you going to do one? Um, true, true, true. Even this, the, but this, I just block this out. It, it just, it, it's growing and growing and growing and changing and changing. And it's like, um, there's room for every, there's just room for every, everybody. I, I, I don't like, I don't like the word content. I think mm -hmm. it undermines, I think it undermines art. That's just yeah. my personal. That's, yeah, um, that is so true. That is a very good yeah, point I of think, view. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just more kind of focused on, well, what are we trying to say as opposed to like, just, just but in, in, the, in the kind of, yeah. yeah. And I understand the, you know, the, the having to put a lot of stuff out and, and we kind of have this micro attention span now, yeah. but, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to actually, like, I just did a, sh a very sh a short film and like you, I just used the resources I had, uh, um, my, my recent one. And, um, uh, but even within that, it's only three, three minutes. I'm trying to have some attention space, some space to hold the attention there. And I probably will lose people watching it because, but I'm actually, it doesn't bother me. I'm actually really trying to encourage people to just have some space there and actually pay attention for more than 2.5 seconds. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of noise. But it doesn't, it doesn't, the main thing is to not let that um, derail us from what we're trying to do. Because I've had it myself. Why would you try and make this, there's, you know, thousands of people doing it. Why would you, why would you be an actor? Yeah. Same things over and over again. So, You know, that reminded me of a, a phrase. Um, it's like, whenever you're a creator, you're always, no, the, the, what you think of it's like the cake as okay so it, like you said four million people the the slice is getting smaller 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 but it's just we just don't realize that there's actually another hole you can make your own cake out there yes just yeah with your own make topping, your own cake exactly your flavoring whatever <laughs> you want to make it a yeah the layered one or whatever just you yeah, you can have your just make your own cake you don't need to slice you don't need to participate in that the other cake. absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> there's cake for everyone there's exactly. cake for everyone cake for everyone and you uh two layers three layers doesn't matter it depends on how far you want it like how much you want it <laughs> exactly and there's no there's no rules either it doesn't have to be a certain type of just um yeah there's plenty True. of cake yes plenty <laughs> of cake Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
not too much or you or we stack on on weight you know yeah, have to go yeah, to the gym <laughs> <laughs> we can change it to like maybe some fruits or <laughs> yeah <laughs> your imagination because we're all artists <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> okay daniel what does it mean to be a fiercely independent artist in your words uh it's exact it's basically my my Moto. ethos yeah, my motto, I mean, it's personal to me in terms of like, I come from a kind of punk rock background ethos. And to me, it's, it's, it's really about taking it into my hands, as opposed to like knocking on the door and saying, Hey, can I have permission to be creative now? Mm. Please, please let me in. I, I understand, particularly in casting and stuff, I understand the importance of that process. But for a long time, I was just wasting so many hours asking for like please please let me when i could have just been making stuff in that time um and so now i'm like probably more practical about it that's probably being in germany as well like more efficient with it but um i'm not waiting i'm not gonna wait for the thing to come and sweep me away i'm just gonna mm. keep making my stuff and hopefully that will also show to other people what I can do. And then if they want to collaborate, that's amazing. Um, so fiercely independent is essentially that, like what can I take into my own ha hands as opposed to being completely reliant on. And, and like we're saying, there's just so many th resources for that. I think it's the way we're going in terms of um, everything we have at our, at our fingertips, you know, um, it's going more in that, that direction, I think. Beautiful. So, okay. <clears throat> I know we talked about this just now, but maybe we can explain it more simply or elaborate it to the audience. Like how have you learned to embrace failure as an opportunity for growth? Yeah, again, it's just uh, it's just awareness and the attitude that we approach things with. So the obstacles are always going to come, um, and it's how we respond to them. And I don't even like using the word failure because I just yeah, really think yeah. every everything is a lesson. Negative. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. it's how you it's how you frame it. Um, there's something to be to be learned from from everything and um the experiences i've had where i've i've thought things are going to go a certain way and then they haven't gone that way at all exactly they worry have taught me debt. wait worry is a debt that you will never that you never pay <laughs> yeah yeah really and yeah. uh those experiences have always just taught me like really valuable things and sometimes i can't see it in the moment um but then in hindsight, I realize I wasn't meant for that at that time or that's what I thought it was going to be. So now I'm just trying to to remain open and appro approach things really positively in terms of um, what's that taught me? How can I, how can I, how can I grow from that? How can I take, um, how can I take something from that and just do it better? Beautiful. So how important is commitment to you? 
commitment is a big one for me, just again, in terms of like going all in as opposed to like dip, dipping the toe in the water. And I learned this in martial arts. It was one of the big things I, I was training in oh, martial arts. Really? And, um, Which one? Uh, ninjutsu, I did like a tr yeah, a kind of traditional ninjutsu in a modern setting. Um, right, I did have Hapkido for when I was a kid. Ah, Hapkido, no, yeah, that's all <laughs> exactly. Wrist, yeah, wrist Nikio. locks and things. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Back when I was seventeen. <laughs> so you're a lethal weapon, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, um, I let me knock some wood here. I've never had to use it. I hope, hopefully, yeah. I never. Yeah. Don't have to, but yeah, it's a, it was it was a good one. My my dad pushed me into it, and you know, just just go learn. I really appreciate it. No, that's the aim of martial arts, right? To defuel things, to not actually escalate that's them. True, exactly. When you see something, you actually run. Don't fight. Only fight when you when you have to. It's about yes, harmony. but yeah. on the commitment thing, I just learned in martial arts that, like, when I went in fully, mm -hmm. it was I came off better sometimes than if I went in half and by mm. better I mean like I didn't necessarily um I could still be called it defeated but it was much more cleaner and, and certain than when I went in like half half and at that at that point I was like actually there's a lot of strength in com committing to things mm, yeah. again like you're like you're doing with the show um making that choice to commit to it and then regardless of the outcome when there's like a clear and I, I just find a lot of a lot of people and especially in this day and day and age i mean um i can't imagine what it's like in the dating game um oh. <laughs> i oh, just cannot another, that's another that's alien whole, right there yeah that's a whole that's podcast like, of no, that's, itself that's a, yeah that's like maybe a one episode <laughs> no 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 not one is one season <laughs> I just think it's to a debunk, season. exactly, just to debunk <laughs> the whole thing. Like, yeah. I, I just think <laughs> with the nature of this uh, um, easily d disposable, replaceable, I, I don't know how commitment sits these days in terms of, well, I could just find another, I could just find another. It's There's like... There's always going to be um, someone better. It's really... Yeah. Yeah, for me, but for me, particularly artistically, I, I just try and commit um, and it's a much better place to to go from than sort of just dipping the, the toe in half, you know. That makes me wonder because you were, you you touch upon relationship. I'm like, mm, okay, but then you put it put it back and say artistically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm I'm. Yeah, I, I also had to get to that point in my personal and romantic relationships where it was like, um, uh, just be clear about your, what you want. And I, I'm also not judgment either, like if, if yeah. without judgment too. It's like, if you want to be somebody that's single and out there, just do that, commit to that. Or if you're, if you're in the relationship, commit to that. Or if you, if you believe in open relationships, well, commit to that. You know, I'm not saying there's a... Um, there's a right or wrong. I don't have any judgment about it, but it's like, I know a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm half in that and I'm half in this. And I'll just like, it's like, let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how let's that see goes. How goes. And let's have this as like a backup and let's this, you know, um, 
I think we're calling a lot of people out, but okay. <laughs> it's just purely an opinion. Oh, it's a, it's a podcast, so I, nothing is right or or wrong here. Okay. I, I don't want to cause con- I don't want to cause controversy here. Probably what? maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a bit old a bit older school, but um. I know, no, no, I stand by it, but then yeah, but again, I'm gonna, I have caveats in my podcast, so yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, so um, this is a question that's gonna relate to the essence of my podcast, um, imposter syndrome. Uh, it's a common challenge right now that affects people in various fields. So how can a person, how can one overcome this imposter syndrome? And really recognize their true value and capabilities. Yeah, wow. Uh, imposter syndrome is something I have struggled with. Um, mm-hmm. Really have, having a sense of ownership and um, stepping into your own. And it's one of the fiercest like battles with, oh, with oneself, that's so true. I think. Yeah. And I don't know too many... Um, even very successful creatives and artists who are like, yeah, I've got that down, you know, like I'm, but um, just through, I've always found that like through preparation and through doing the work, uh, you know, I, I have more of a confidence. And when I've been in these big situations, like big sets and so on, um, I just, by, like I said earlier, by continually throwing myself in, I just built more and more and more confidence and, and that's that slowly quietens the um the imposter syndrome. So again I think it goes back to the uh the risk of falling flat on the face. The more you step into that discomfort mm-hmm. and the more you take that risk, the the more confidence you gain and hopefully that imposter syndrome gets, gets a little bit quieter, but I don't know if it ever goes. It's just how you, how you let it, um, affect. Maybe make it as a friend, right? Make it as an advisor. You know what? Befriend it. (laughs) Um, I guess, I guess listen to it, but don't let it, don't let it throw you sideways or throw you off course. Um, that's that would be my my and as we said earlier just it's all in the doing really the doing keep doing 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 um yeah okay so what's your heart's greatest wish my heart's greatest wish mm-hmm. wow that's a big one <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're coming to the end we have more questions so yeah i'd, I'd like to yeah, my, something. My, <laughs> my, my, guess. my, my, um, through loss, I've experienced loss as many of us have. And through loss, I've really learned just how precious time is without sounding cliche, that life really, really is short. And there's so much that I want to do with the, with the remainder of, you know, my time. Um, that my, my biggest heart's wish is that I can do that and have a really positive impact on other people. Um, and that includes 
obviously raising my my child, but uh, in terms of my creative career, um, for me, it's how how can I say something and leave, leave an impact? That's my biggest heart's wish, and there will be no regrets if I know I've tried. If I have tried and it hasn't worked out, I'm okay with that because I know I tried. But if I'm sitting there in the bar when I'm an old man and I'm like, oh, I really should have. I should have done that. I should have tried. I, <laughs> I should have tried that. That's, that's well, perhaps worse. Mm. Yeah, that's perhaps worse than I did try, but it didn't work yes. out. And I fell flat on my face, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's totally cool. That's totally cool because exactly. you took a swing. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping for, I'm also hoping from my heart's wishes for, for really, there will be, I don't think, I think it's probably crazy to think there's no regrets. You know, you have this perfect life with no regret, but no. just <laughs> to have, to have as few of them as possible, um, at that stage of life would be, would be cool. Do you have a mantra that you live by? Um, <laughs> I've tried a few. I don't, I don't have, I don't have one specifically at the moment. Uh, I just, I do try the, you know, I am enough. Um, or even I'm That's sort enough. Of, yeah. I am more, Daniel. I'm, that's yeah. enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm training. Oh yeah. One more thing. I'm training to be a qualified therapist. So I oh. am enough is the very first thing we relearn. So that's enough. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yes, you're more than enough. Enough <laughs> so, is enough. Enough. <laughs> enough, enough, enough. Enough in German. Enough in German is genug. There you go. Oh, Genug. Genug. Okay. Big <laughs> So oh, that's gosh. enough of the. <laughs> oh, sorry to all the audience. These two are like breaking up. Like, we don't are know they drunk? Okay. Yeah, they're drunk. They're on something. <laughs> okay, serious mode. Okay, so what keeps you up at night, Daniel? Do you sleep well? Or do you still think of, you know, world problems? <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to really take it all on my, my shoulders. Uh, mm. But now, now I sleep a lot better. But sometimes this creative thing comes to me in the middle of the night. And I'm trying to, um, and I think that's common with all of us. Like, I'm, it doesn't necessarily, you know, everybody talks about like routines and everything, which is great in the day but like sometimes i will be writing or something for two three hours nothing really yeah. comes 4 a.m in the middle of the night bang idea comes and uh i'm like why <laughs> like i'm like i sat there for four hours today pushing it and there was nothing and now at 4 a.m when i need to get up at six you the thing comes you know whatever that thing is <laughs> I think, I think there is a reason why you become an actor. Maybe you should <laughs> well, what's your genre? <laughs> like, okay, I saw it when I was scrolling Instagram. Your Instagram, it was it was action. 
Maybe you should try like being in a rom com or or a comedy because I think it'd fit. It'd fit. <laughs> I'm open. I'm open to it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you. I'm gonna clip some of this out when this airs. So yeah, perhaps when your followers can probably see it, and then you know, maybe somebody out there would. Oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe he has a. The night for it, you never, you never know. Exactly. I'm open. I'm open. But uh, yeah. When, now, when this when this thing comes in the night, I try. I actually try and jump on it. Like I just take a note, or I get up and. Uh, but it it disrupts. It does disrupt the sleep, but it also makes the sleep better because I'm like satisfied if like the idea has come. So. <laughs> I just can't then, stop laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because you said, then, what? why? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my face is red. I mean, I don't want to cut this out from the interview, Maria. No, no, leave oh, it. Gosh. Leave it. This is the definition of falling on the face, you know, when we oh, laugh yeah. for 10 minutes. Yeah. But trust me. <laughs> can you promise me can you promise me nicolette that you will not cut out all it you will not i promise you no you will you will see i'm probably going to you know just a few seconds in front before you came in because i pressed the recording <laughs> the rest i'm gonna keep it i love it because oh, i used to be gosh. very i used to be very perfectionist with the podcast i used to edit and put, oh. and now i'm like you know what just just let it be let it be what it is. <laughs> yeah, I will. Don't worry. Oh, that, this is so fun, you know. You know, I had one guest. She actually sang a verse of Greatest Love of All, Whitney Houston. Oh, awesome. Oh, uh, and then you're, and here we are, like on something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, the closing question, Daniel. Oh, gosh. If you could create or have a quote right now for you to live to the audience listening and the world as your legacy, what would it be? Did you say code? Quote. A, a, a quote. quote. So it's like, ah, yeah, the quote is good. Dash Daniel Thomas, comma, 2023. <laughs> My own quote. Yeah. Or even a quote from, you want to you wanna build it from somebody or your own quote, it's fine. Well, I tried both. There's one that I really like uh, from someone else, probably Mr. Internet. I don't know who, who exactly, but um, it's we, we are under no obligation uh -huh. to be the same person we were yesterday. Oh. That, that to me really resonates because, because we're not. You can choose, you can choose to completely... <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Never take you seriously now. Okay, okay. I'm gonna. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> but that was a very serious quote. I thought. No, no, no. Yes, yes. Just, my mind just wondered why. Like, no, if I could record, there should be a meme like that. Oh God. <laughs> It should be a meme, huh? Okay, okay. Serious, serious. Nicolette, stop. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, and coming my, back. My coming back to me and what I would say. 
is life is too serious to be taken seriously. That's what I'm thinking of right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we should. Yeah, I think, I think that's perfect. I got one more. I got one more. One thing I will say for me is just that uh, I really believe that intuition is 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 a real a guide. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, a compass. Yeah. You're intuitive. <laughs> you're. No, I think it's because of your accent as well. Wait, this, this is an Australian accent, right? This is not uh, English accent. It's definitely not German, that's for sure. <laughs> it's Australian. Um, okay, yeah, Australian accent. It's, <laughs> it's Australian, but it's it's a little bit less now that I've been in Europe so long. <laughs> All right, guys, no, we're going to bring can... this home. <laughs> no, I can hear it. It's like, okay, okay, sorry. So number one was the... Uh, what was it? <laughs> I want you to. I want you to give them back to me now. Wait, hang on. Oh, wow, it's a quiz. Um, no, I know. I because I rephrase it in my head. Um, we are all. We were all born original. So don't die a copy. Okay, so that it was something like that because I guess quoted that before. And then number two was, life should not be taken seriously. And no, no. Yeah, and then number three well, was. What was that, number three? I didn't get to number three. We lost it before number three. <laughs> I, I did get to number three. I did. Listen to the intuition. Gosh, it's twelve p.m. at your wait. One p.m. Right? It's seven at mine. I don't. So. I don't drink, Nicolette. Excuse me. I, I don't yeah. actually drink. That's a really? whole nother, That's a whole nother season right there. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Okay. Uh, I, I I'm very compelled to ask why, but then maybe maybe this this a re maybe this yeah I'm gonna call you for another um episode. Part yeah. two. Part two. Yeah. Part two. Oh gosh. All right. Reboot. Thanks. A reboot. A reboot. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. I. I would like to say this has been a very great time. I don't know how to end this like professionally now. I can no, end it professionally. You. Okay, like. please, can you do it for me? <laughs> Nicolette, you're doing a wonderful thing. It's awesome what you're doing. Keep keep doing it. And uh, even just just laughing for the past 10 minutes is so healthy. And uh, I hope that the audience has a laugh as well. <laughs> That would be, that would be awesome. So thank you. Thank you, Daniel. The first time my guest is closing for me. Thank you so much. I had a guest do that once and I wasn't happy. Like he just started ending the show and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, seriously. Man, this is it my show or is it your show right now? Oh gosh. Oh, okay. Thank you, Daniel. This has been so fun. So I followed you on Instagram. I'm going to tag you and then, yeah, definitely keep in touch. Awesome. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Bye, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs>